Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buffalo Plus podcast. I'm Mike Catalana. Thanks for being with us. Please make sure to like comment and subscribe we've got a lot to talk about today we have a special guest you guys know ross tucker former buffalo bills player host of the ross tucker football podcast he knows the bills he was at the game sunday doing it for westwood one he will be our guest to talk about what he expects to see in the bills game against the cincinnati bengals for the chance to go to the afc championship game Ross said he loved his time playing for the Bills. He enjoys Bills Mafia. He has been a guest before on the Buffalo Plus podcast. So get ready to hear from Ross in a couple of minutes. Big news breaking on Thursday. It involves the 2023 season. The Bills are headed to Europe. Now, there had been a lot of rumors that the Bills might be playing in Germany next year. Uh, They're going to Europe, but it's not going to be Germany. They're going to be playing in London. The date, the opponent... Still needs to be determined. Uh, I'm sure they have a good idea. We'll talk about that in a second. They're going to play at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now, that is a key thing because that is the stadium that the Bills' new stadium has been modeled after, the same company that designed it. Uh, The Bills have a relationship with that team. Uh, We were there in 2015 when the Bills played the Jaguars, and we went to the Tottenham training facility Because the Bills played that game at Wembley, the historic stadium. They played at Wembley when they played the Jags in that game. Um, But we went to Tottenham, a beautiful facility. They had the indoor bubble. Former Bills players were there, current Bills players. They interacted with the guys from Tottenham. It was was cool that day. And, um, you know, I've always kind of kept an eye on them because, you know, they they were great hosts that day. And uh, now circle back around. It'll be eight years later. The Bills are going back. That trip was something to see. I don't know if you guys, how much you remember. Um, Tyrod was hurt. Uh, EJ played in that game. Uh, He threw a pick six, turnovers. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. And they lost to the Jags. It was quite an experience going over there. Toby Matika worked for uh, uh, with me at the time. And we went over and had a lot of fun. And a ton of Bills fans from all over the world were there. And I think this time when Bills fans go, um, you know, they got Josh Allen and a great team heading over there. Who knows? Could be a Super Bowl chance. We'll we'll see. But uh, it's fun. And now who they're going to play. And this is interesting. So it is a Bills home game, right? So next season, the Bills have nine home games and eight on the road. This year it was reversed. And we know things got messed up with the trip to uh, Detroit twice. But So they're scheduled for nine home games. So it'll be one of their home games. And when I was looking over the schedule, I'm like, all right, who are they going to play? And of the nine home games, so you've got the three division teams. I don't think they're going to play a division team over there. I don't think the Bills want to do that. I don't think the league usually does that. So I think it's pretty safe to say we take the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots out of the mix. Then you start looking who else they're going to play. And some things go into this of, do the Bills want to lose that game? in Orchard Park, 
I mean, it's London and the league will control some of that, but they have games at home against the Cowboys and the Giants. Um, I mean, the Cowboys would be huge if the NFL wants to make it big in London, the Cowboys alone. I don't think you're wasting sending the Cowboys over there and having the Bills, right? I mean, the Bills are a huge draw and they've become very popular. The Cowboys alone are their brand. Um, and this games have done so well. I don't think you want that game at 930 in the morning in London. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess we'll find out. Um, I think the Bills want that game in Orchard Park. I mean, obviously they sell out anyhow, but I think they want that as an Orchard Park game. I think if you're a season ticket holder or a suite holder or a sponsor, you want the Cowboys coming into Orchard Park. And the other being the Giants, with Brian Dable back at Buffalo. The Giants just played there not too long ago in uh, London. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. They just played there this year. They played against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. That's Giants Packers. That's pretty big. They've been forcing the Packers to get over there because they had never wanted to make that trip. And the Giants knocked them off, by the way. Um, that's a possibility. The other games, um, the Bucks. they just went to Germany. They aren't going to have Tom Brady. They'd be more of a, honestly, if they don't have Brady and it's the Bucks and they were just there, I guess it could happen. They usually don't have teams go there back to back. Uh, I mean, that's then the opponent without Brady is just the Bucks. Uh, the Jags play there all the time. I don't think the Jags are going back over to London as a visitor. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they would do that. They could, right? They're already used to it. I think they play over there at least once or twice during the year. Um, then you have the Broncos. They just played over there recently. So, you know, but they do have Russell Wilson. There'd be interest in that game. Uh, but again, these are teams that have been recent. It's the Raiders who haven't been there for, I think, 2016. Might have been the last time the Raiders played over there, 2017. Uh, they were Oakland at the time. That's a possibility. Um, I think the Raiders would go. Uh, it's a West Coast team. It makes it a little different. They can usually get the week off afterward if they want the buy. So I find that to be kind of a fascinating setup. The league already has somebody in mind. I think the league has already talked to teams. They just haven't announced it yet. Uh, I think that would be the idea. So certainly possibilities, you know, hey, it's the NFL. They could say Jets and Bills. I just don't think they usually do that with division games. So many of those teams, again, have already played recently in London or Germany. So as far as Bills fans are concerned, I can just tell you this. It was a lot of fun. Sure, it's expensive to go over there. Hopefully, if the Bills do go, they go for the week. You know, some teams just cruise in on Friday. You know, if that's the case, it makes it a very different trip for a team. I think if the Bills are doing that, they want to show off the stadium. They want fans to see the stadium. They would probably do events for media at the stadium uh, to show it off and the things that it can be. So I think that will be a major focus for the week leading up to that game. So we don't know when. I'm going to say October, but who knows? We'll find out. So London in 2023. And the Bills now are uh, more, way more focused on what's coming up on Sunday with the Cincinnati Bengals. Bills and Bengals is a great matchup that we just haven't seen. And we all know the circumstances. It's only been three weeks ago. It seems so much longer. But um, it's going to be a great battle. Uh, we'll find out Saturday if the winner of that game is playing the Chiefs. And in the Bills case, that game would be in Atlanta. 
which is a whole nother thing with people trying to find tickets. So um, a lot to talk about. Ross Tucker is going to be on in a minute. And I got to also, you know, like, comment and subscribe and the merch, the merchandise. You see the coffee mug. We've got the pullovers, the quarter zips. We've got T-shirts. We've got hats. Uh, Buffalo Plus store. The link is here on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. We've been really happy that people have wanted the merchandise. Uh, they've been buying it, which has been great. Jenna and Dan have done a great job of coming up with some ideas for shirts that aren't just the logo. Uh, hoodies. Again, pullovers. We'll be looking for other things. If you have ideas on stuff, let us know. All right, so make sure you check out everything we have on the uh, Buffalo Plus store. And, uh, hey, if you like something and you want to support it, get it. Use it on your social media. We love that kind of response. So any chance you get to, uh, we love to support everything you guys do for us on the Buffalo Plus YouTube channel. All right, everybody, welcome to our special guest, Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can follow him on social media everywhere, Ross Tucker NFL. And I got to ask you, I hear it's the best gift ever. Myfrontpagestory.com. Give me the, uh, what do they call it, an elevator pitch. Tell me about this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, listen, Mike, Valentine's Day will be here before you know it. Buddy of mine started the company. It's by far the best Valentine's Day gift I've ever seen. You talk to a writer for, I don't know, five, ten minutes about your significant other. They write the most unbelievable story. It looks like it's on the, like the cover of the newspaper. It's beautiful, framed pictures. And just to be able to say to somebody, I had a story written about you is pretty cool. But then when they actually read the quotes, they cry almost every time, man. It's unbelievable. It's just a very uh, emotional, cool thing. And they have to hang it up in their house. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. So Get ahead of it this year, fellas and ladies. Myfrontpagestory.com. Best Valentine's Day gift ever. Myfrontpagestory.com. All right. How about this segue? Uh, the My Front Page story for Josh Allen this week. You're going to be on the sidelines doing the game. Um, what do we expect? You were there. You saw them against the Dolphins. Uh, it was the Josh Allen experience. Uh, first of all, what did you think of the way he played in that game? And what do you think he needs to do coming up on Sunday? Well, I, I thought he had uh, a game that we kind of have gotten used to seeing Josh Allen have. I mean, he had some spectacular plays that were a big reason why the Bills scored as many points as they did. And then he had some costly turnovers as well that really hurt them. I think, you know, the, the first interception is Avian Howard. It's just a tough one to explain. And then probably the one that's in, as concerning to me as any is he just Mike really loose with the ball. I mean, he fumbles a lot and it doesn't feel like he's gotten the message. I, I don't know if they don't work on it enough. They don't hammer it home to him enough that he's got to be more careful with the ball. It's not the worst thing in the world. They bring a blitz. It's not picked up. It's okay to take a sack. It's not in his DNA. It's just not. And he wants to try to make a big play, and I totally get it. A bunch of times he does. I'd probably be the same way. But those are the type of things that are going to get you beat. I don't think, Mike, he'll do that again against the Bengals. I don't think it'll be back-to-back -back games where Josh Allen has three turnovers. I do think, though, for the Bills to win the Super Bowl, like I know a lot of people are hoping, that means they have to win three more games. The likelihood is he probably will have another multiple turnover game 
And it won't be against Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. It'll be against somebody really good, and it'll probably cost the Bills. You know, um, somebody we know, uh, uh, Freddie Jackson, played for the Bills, and he used to tell us about, man, when you put the ball on the turf, it's in the other locker room. Like, everybody knows about it. They're talking about it in meetings. The other team is going, he'll put it on the turf. We'll go after the football. Is that the talk going on, you think, with Josh? I mean, there's enough other things to worry about with Josh, but, like, there's a thought now he's fumbled the ball, I think, 13 times this year that he'll put the ball on the turf. Your reputation precedes you in these situations. I've been in those meetings as well, like Fred Jackson. I've been in those meetings and heard the coaches say, this guy's a fumbler. This guy will fumble. And what happens that week then is you work on it even more on trying to strip the ball, knock it out, and then you talk about it so much during the week you work it in practice so much that when game day comes around, it is in the defenders' heads. They're thinking about it. They've been trained that week to go after the football. I've seen. I've, been, I've had teammates who had fumbled a couple times. It's rough for them after that, Mike, because then every time they're in a pile, there's three or four guys punching it out, wrenching it out. I mean, once you have that reputation – it takes a while before you get rid of it, and they're going to get tested every week on their ball security. That's the same thing that's going to happen with Josh Allen when he's in the pocket or when he runs this weekend. Um, with Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott, you do have that balance with him, right? Because like you said, he does do those things that sometimes make you shake your head, and then he does the other things that really make you shake your head. You can't believe the throws that he makes. So do you want to – do you want to get a balance from him or do you have to live with it a little bit? Because that's the ride you guys are on right now where I'm not saying be loose with the football, but I'm talking about being aggressive with Josh Allen and maybe having to accept that sometimes it's not going to work out great. I think that is where they are. And, and if you notice, Mahomes had a bunch of interceptions this year as well. And he had several in the red zone. If you're looking to throw a lot of touchdown passes, you're going to throw some interceptions as well. It's just part of it. I think they can. what they can do is they can make him conscious that in certain situations, it's okay to not have to make a play. I actually pointed that out on the radio, Mike, on Sunday. I thought Josh Allen took a big step forward when it was 14-0. The Bills were in Dolphins territory, maybe like 10-yard line or so. And it was third down, and he was looking, looking, scrambling around, couldn't find anybody. He eventually just took the sack, and I applauded him for that. I said, that's what they need him to do sometimes. That put the Bills up three scores. Bass made the field goal. It was 17-0. Now, obviously, after that, there were more turnovers, and then the punt returned by the Dolphins. But I thought that showed some maturity from Josh Allen to not just throw it up for grabs, to take the sack, because you need to reserve the right to kick the field goal and get the three points in that situation and go up three scores. I find that um, for this Bills team, Gabe Davis is such an important player, both for what he does and maybe what he doesn't do. Now, you saw him this past week. He was playoff Gabe because we saw him last year. And his inconsistency this year, I think, has caused a lot of problems for this offense, the other guy to go to. What did you see out of him? And are there guys who, you know, maybe aren't going to give it to you week in and week out, but that level that he's done I mean we saw him do that in Kansas City is still there and it can be a 
massive thing for this offense if he plays like that. By the way, I, I said playoff Gabe during the broadcast Sunday. Oh, I good. thought I invented that. I didn't know anybody else had been saying that. I, I You know, it, it, because it came back, and obviously what he did last year was in Kansas City was just incredible. No, I'm going to give it to you. That's yours going forward because I just said it now. I think we said it the other day. So since you said it on the broadcast, it's yours. Well, I mean, there's no other way around it. I mean, we saw what he did last year in the postseason. Then this year during the regular season only has one 100-yard game. Now we get back to the playoffs. He has another big game. And, you know, he and Josh Allen seem to be on the same page. You know, what separates the average from the good and the good from the great is consistency, Mike. I mean, that's that's why it's hard. It's hard to be Stephon Diggs. It's hard to be Josh Allen. It's hard to play at a really high level week in and week out. Gabe Davis did not show this year that he's able to do that. Now, I've heard people say that, you know, he was banged up or he had issues, and maybe that's the case. But by the way, that's the case for the guys that still find a way, right? That's the case for the star players. You think Stephon Diggs feels 100% right now? You think Josh Allen feels 100% right now? But they find a way to perform week in and week out. Gabe Davis was not able to do that this year, not able to prove that. But I think at this point, Bills fans don't care as long as he's playoff Gabe. I mean, as long as he does it, you know, Sunday against the Bengals and then the week after that, I think they'll be okay with it. Yeah. Um, Stefan Diggs, you always hear coaches and players. Josh even says, it. well, you can't force the ball. You can't force the ball. Would you force the ball to Stefan Diggs sometimes? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I wouldn't use the word force. I would say that I would intentionally target Stefan Diggs at times because it does feel like there are stretches of games where they almost forget about him. And I know that some of that's coverage dependent and how the defenses are playing them, but I don't care. I mean, it's one of the things I think is really good about certain coaches. You know, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, Kyle Shanahan uh, in all of his stops. They basically design plays that it's like, yeah, I don't really care what defense you're in. Like, I'm going to be able to get my guy open on this play in this scheme. And I think that that's something that Dorsey should absolutely consider because Diggs is just one of those guys. I mean, top five player at that position. He's just very, very consistent. Although he actually had a decent amount of drops this year too, which is interesting. Uh, You played offensive line in this league, played for the Bills. You see what they do. What do you think of the Bills' offensive line? I I thought the seven sacks last week was maybe not as accurate a number. A couple were Josh running. But, uh, you know, it hasn't been a strength. What do you see when you see this Bills' offensive line? And are they good enough to take them this next three steps? Right. I, I I think they're average. Right. I mean, some people would say below average. I think they're probably average. Allen holds on to the ball sometimes, which is a product of some of the sacks. But they're not the reason why the Bills win. And so for comparison's sake, they're not as good as the Niners offensive line. They're not as good as the Chiefs offensive line. They're not even close to as good as the Eagles offensive line. They're not as good as the Cowboys offense. I mean, you start to look at their peer group, right? The other playoff teams, and they're not as good as them. I mean, they don't run the ball as consistently. They don't protect as well. Um, and I think that manifests itself in what we've seen in some of these games. Now, the beauty of this matchup is 
they're a heck of a lot better than what the Bengals yeah. are putting out there on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals have all kinds of issues along the offensive line. So at least the Bills are healthy for this game, and they have their guys. But I, I think a couple things. I mean, obviously, pass protection is one thing, but there are going to be times where you really need to be able to run the clock out and they haven't shown the ability to really do that on, on a consistent basis without getting Josh's legs involved. They've had some more success recently with Singletary and Cook. Um, I don't know that's going to happen against the Bengals, but I do think they got to run the ball well enough. They don't need to run the ball a lot, just well enough. You talk about the Bengals' offensive line, and we know Burrow has played with issues with the O-line. This is pretty extreme, though, you know, with three guys out. Um how impactful is that for them? I mean, sometimes it's dismissed. I hear people saying, well, they, they'll have, I heard actually heard a guy say, well, the offensive line, they got guys out, so this means they'll put more on Burrow, and that's a good thing. I'm thinking he wants protection, right? Even Joe Burrow maybe can make plays. He needs protection. Nobody would argue it's a good thing. Um, their backups are not as good as their starters. What I would say, a few things, Mike. Number one – these backups, you know, guys like Jackson Carmen at left tackle and Adenogy at right tackle, they were the starters last year when they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, those guys were playing last year. They just got benched this offseason because the Bengals got upgrades. So Burrow has already gotten to the Super Bowl with these guys and shown that he can. It also helps that they know they don't have these guys going into the game. So the game plan can be built around that, right? Bills play a lot of zone coverage. They are what they are. Okay, Joe, you're not going to have as much time with the O-line. Let's get the ball out quickly. You know, they can at least try to coach around it a little bit. But I think it's a tough spot. I think it's a tough spot because they're on the road. You know, it'll be so loud in that stadium on Sunday that that makes it even tougher for offensive linemen. But it is a shame that the Bills don't have Von Miller. I mean, you know, yeah. he would be the guy most able to take advantage of these backup tackles, and he's out. So yeah. Epinesa, Lawson, and probably most notably Rousseau, they got to be the ones that get it done. Um, one thing the Bills have done a little more defensively is using their linebackers in some delayed blitzes, yeah. sending Milano, sending Edmonds. For an offensive lineman, what is that like? I mean, I, I I see a quarterback's trying to recognize where the blitz is coming from, hot reads, all that stuff. I would think a properly executed delayed blitz from somebody like Milano has got to be tough to deal with. Mike, were you listening to my broadcast Sunday? Because I <laughs> talked about this. I'm so glad you brought this up. As a former offensive lineman, delayed blitzes are really tough because you have a responsibility. You've got however many defensive linemen and then one or two linebackers. And if they blitz, you're blocking them. So you snap the ball. You look to see if that linebacker is coming. If he's not, you immediately go help on one of the defensive linemen. Well, if they hesitate for a second and then they come, you're not expecting that. I actually think there should be more delayed blitzes. I saw Edmonds had one. Milano's so good at it. I, I love that idea, Mike. Love it. Because it is difficult for offensive line. Because usually when they're blitzing, they're trying to time it up and they're blitzing right now. If you, if you wait half a second, 
you can still get there in enough time and get pressure on the quarterback, but the old lineman won't even be blocking you because they'll take their eyes off of you. Yeah, I think the combination, too, both those guys. I mean, Milano's instincts are phenomenal, and Edmonds is a giant. The long arms, I'm just picturing him coming after the quarterback. I, it's always frustrated me that they don't do it more, sending him after the quarterback because of his size. But they pick their spots. They have a lot more for him to do. So Burrow's got to deal with that. I, I want to ask you about Burrow. I mean, Josh Allen obviously has confidence. He has a sort of playful way. He never really says anything. I listened to Burrow, and I thought, he's got a, you know, the Joe Cool. He's got a level of quiet cockiness. Is that, do you see that too? Do you hear that? Like I heard him saying, I never consider myself an underdog and he's got the baby face and he kind of smiles and you don't think of him as being arrogant, but that's what I hear out of Burrow. Is that, do you think that's kind of what the case is? I like that. I might use that Sunday. Quiet (laughs) cockiness. There's no question. He is extremely confident bordering on cocky, arrogant, but he doesn't really do it in an outspoken way. It's like uh, he subtly lets you know that he's the man without having to tell you he's the man, if that makes sense, right? It's just kind of what he puts off. Um, It's working for him. I will say this, confidence is a huge thing in every aspect of life. And I tell kids now, you know, Mike, in high school – I was really confident and I excelled college. I was pretty darn confident and I did pretty well in the NFL. You know, the guys are so good. You get beat a little bit. You get cut once. I didn't go out there with the confidence that I wish I had had. And maybe it's just because I just wasn't that good, but I kind of, I would like to have my career over again and go out there thinking I'm the best And just see how much better I would play. Because I think it helps you. Yeah, I find that fascinating. A lot of times guys will talk about backups being in the game. And we from the outside, not you, you played from the outside, are always like, oh, this guy's out, that guy's out. And I'm like, well, I think the guy going in there, a lot of them absolutely believe they should be playing or can play. And they go in with that mindset. And I I can't believe it wouldn't help you immensely. We always use this line. Micah Hyde says, Confidence is a hell of a drug. And he's said it multiple times. It's like, that's what makes you feel that way. And uh, I see that in Burrow. And you're right. It has played well for him. When he was asked this week about being an underdog, he just answered in like one line. He's like, I never consider myself an underdog. And then he smiled. I mean, it was cocky, but he got to the point. Hey, you got to do that to go on the playoff run they went on last year. I couldn't believe it, Mike. I interviewed him on the field after the AFC Championship game last year. Joe Mixon was, like, crying and so happy. Joe Burrow couldn't have been more relaxed and calm. He's like, yeah, you know, this is kind of what we thought would happen. We we expected to come in here and win, and we were able to do it. Like, I mean, I know Joe Cool is Montana, but I think Joe Burrow is almost cooler in terms of a customer than Montana. Obviously, he hasn't had the, the success yet. But in terms of personality, that fits him perfectly. All right, last thing. I'm not going to ask you for a prediction you're doing the game, but what type of game do you think we're going to see? Um, Pace of the game, well, it's got to be faster than last week, which was the slowest game in regular season or regulation game in NFL history. 
pace of the game scoring, like what kind of game are you expecting on Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, I'm feeling like a 23-20-24-20 type of game, um, which is to say not extremely low scoring, but not high scoring either. You know, the Bengals' defense is good. That D coordinator, Luana Rumo, is very impressive. I don't expect their either team to put 30 points up like last week. I think it's going to be tough sledding. I think it's going to be settling for field goals for these teams quite a bit. Um, I do think Buffalo is the better team. I think playing at home and with the O-line issues for Cincinnati certainly is in the Bills' favor. But kind of like what we talked about a while ago, it really will end up being the turnovers, which are not a predictive stat. Although I don't anticipate Josh Allen doing that two weeks in a row. All right, last thing, and this maybe is the kind of thing only we care about, but I saw you in line. We were getting something to eat before the game. Bills have stepped up their game, at least in the press box food area. Uh, I know that's a, something that you uh, sense around the league. How are the Bills doing in that category compared to the rest of the NFL? Better, better. They're not elite. Uh, they're not, I would say, in the upper tier, but I was really impressed by halftime. You know, now I'm in the booth area when I'm calling the game, and at halftime, they 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 impressed me. They had um, barbacoa beef; it was so good, and they even had taco stuff you could make with it. And then I don't even know what kind of pasta it was, but it was like pasta with meat sauce, delicious. Yeah. I thought the pregame, you know, breakfast that they had was below average, but I thought halftime made up for it was well above average most halftime places just like a hot dog or something so all in all it was a favorable performance i gave them a pretty good grade on the ross tucker football podcast i would say that uh, down on the field's a little rough uh for our photographers down there dan and jenna i'm nervous not not great not great no i'm that's where i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna have to really load up (laughs) pregame (laughs) <laughs> because I don't even know what they have anywhere down there halftime. Yeah. I might even pack a pack a something pregame and hide it somewhere down near the field to try to be able to get it done down there. Yeah, you gotta stay, uh, you gotta stay fed and hydrated and ready for the game. Um, looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing you up there again. Follow Ross, the Ross Tucker football podcast. You can also follow him, Ross Tucker NFL on social media. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for doing this again, Ross, and we will see you up at the game on Sunday. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. We thank Ross for being on with us again. Again, he'll be doing the game. He'll be down on the sidelines if you see him, former Buffalo Bills player. And uh, if you hear his podcast, he loves talking about the NFL. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and we appreciate his time. We appreciate your time, too. We're going to be busy all week long. We've got more content leading up to the game. We have our live show, Buffalo Plus Live, if you're watching this on Thursday, Thursday night at 7 o'clock. And we're getting ready uh, for the Bills game coming up against the Bengals on Sunday at 3 o'clock. And here's the place for all of your post game. We'll have our analysis of the game pretty much right after the game. We see how the Bills do. And maybe they're going to uh, Atlanta. Maybe they're home for the championship game. There's other things that can happen, but we know what you're focused on. By the way, the uh, pass behind me, let's see, on this side, is my press pass from last year's game in Kansas City. We don't have to go back to Kansas City, but it might be against the Chiefs. Again, thanks for being with us. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time on the Buffalo Plus Podcast.